Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJ JC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the unbiased takes. On today's episode, the guys team up for more NFL takes with Super Bowl bubble buddies and then debate who should get the blame in canned edates. Lots of puns, lots of takes. So go ahead, sit back, and enjoy the show. All right. All right, we're here today. I'm going to knock a quick little episode out. It's Sunday, June 5th, Sunday night, NBA Finals, about a tip off probably right after, as soon as we finish this up. Game two, uh, so no updates uh, since the last time we recorded. Uh, two times in three days is a pretty good recording stretch for us right there. Yeah, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. <laughs> like we said, summer's coming and the episodes are coming as well. So we're cranking them out. We're going to have to come up with some more, uh, some fun games. We got some good little segments that we've come up here on the fly. Just a couple quick, uh, quick NFL games, NFL segments we got here. So, uh, I mean, let's just get right into it. We got the, the bubble, Super Bowl bubble first. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how we're going to do that? Yeah, so the Super Bowl bubble, pretty simple. Some people might have already seen this concept probably somewhere else been being used before. Um, but what we're really going to just do is pretty much describe teams that we think are outside the Super Bowl bubble, in the Super Bowl bubble, and then we're probably going to describe, you know, on the bubble, you know, like can get into the bubble type deal, you know, or those will be considered the outside. I guess. I don't know how in depth we're going to go into this. I, I kind of have a, I kind of have a rift on that. I like that. I kind of have an idea how you can make it cool. Oh, okay. Okay. So, well, maybe this is a bad idea, but I, I like the concept. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. I think we can just kind of go down the list of teams. Obviously we don't have to do like the really bad teams that obviously aren't Super Bowl contenders, but I mean, we can go through as many as you want. We don't have to talk about every single one, but I was going to say, if we both agree that they're in the Super Bowl bubble, put them in there. And then if only one of us says that they're in the Super Bowl bubble, another one is not, you could put them like on the edge of the line or just, and then we could do like a varying degrees of like, if you have like a piece of paper. Yeah, then, always. Like, I know you're the visual recorder, you're the scribe. So, <laughs> so if you have, uh, and then just based on how far out we think they are is how far you put the name outside of the bubble. So it's like a big circle, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I got you. I got you. I think I like the idea, though. I think that'd be good. All right. All right. Well, let's get her started then. All right. We've got the official bubble. Uh, so you want to list teams, uh, start with teams and just throw them off how you want to. Let's do it that way. Let's just start by division, throw up some teams, you know, and we'll go ahead. I feel like a nice starting place to be would be the NFC West, where All the right. Super champions are, our current, you know, champions are defending yeah. now. So um what do you think of the rams i think obviously they might be a bubble team i think yeah, they're I, think, in. I don't think we have to debate that they're definitely just won the super bowl should be just as good if not better nfc i mean to me it's i mean they're the top of the nfc obviously it's the bucks are really the only big threat i to be honest until someone could emerge obviously but as of right now the bucks really the only team i see giving the rams big problems those feel like the two best in the nfc so i say they're firmly in the bubble yeah, I was about to say, it's kind of hard to not put them in the bubble. Um, you think they may, obviously, over the offseason, whenever they lost something, they kind of made up for it. Um, we'll find out how Allen Robinson is this offseason, uh, next season, and the Rams. Uh, Cooper Cup, I don't know if he's going to have the same type of season you have, but hopefully he'll be just as productive. And I think, yeah, I agree. I do see them being another Super Bowl team. Yeah. You know, I feel like the Rams, they're an easy one. I mean, we, we can kind of go through uh, just so, like the go ahead. cards, right? Net cards are next. Yeah. I would say that they are not in the Super Bowl bubble. It would be one of those teams that I would have to see how they do. What is it? November, December. That's how that's the Kyler <laughs> Murray Kingsbury spill apart. Yeah. So, um, I'd say they're on like the line for me. I wouldn't say they're out. I would say they're one of those teams that can get into the bubble. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they're pretty close to the edge, but like, I mean, I just haven't seen them do it in the playoff yet, like ever. I mean, that can obviously change and they have the pieces. I think they will be a playoff team, but um, 
I feel like they still have some holes on defense. The line is not amazing. Still a really good offense. And just like you said, they got to show it that they won't fall apart late. So I'd say just outside the bubble for me. Uh, if you want to put them right there on the edge, that's fine, though. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Next would be the Haw- Seahawks. We both can agree. Outside. Wild outside the bubble. Current rebuild. Current rebuild. You don't even have to put them on the page if you don't want. Nope, not even going <laughs> on the page. I need to save room. No, I need to save room. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can guess. And the 49ers. All right. Here we go. You can't avoid it now. I mean, this I, is you have to back up your Trey Lance talk. I mean, I do still believe in Trey Lance. I think they'll be a playoff team. I wouldn't put them in the bubble, though. I would say kind of in the same breath as Arizona, like just outside. Arizona, maybe even a little ahead just because of Kyler. But I do think they still have a really good team. And if Trey Lance pops off and like, pans out to his potential like they could be lethal and could absolutely be in the bubble but just because i haven't seen it yet and i feel like he was so inexperienced as you've said like there might be some bump there'll probably be some bumps this year uh but if he pans out like i think he will by next year i think they'll be firmly in the bubble but i'll say just outside of it for now so i'm gonna go with the belief that uh if i don't know what's going on i feel like people are having belief into the trey lance hype if they do good for them but Right now, they, I'm pretty sure Jimmy G is there. Um, I'm going to go with the belief that if Jimmy G were to start some of these games or if he were there in that playoff situation, the 49ers would look the same as they did last time. And I would say they would be an edge team for me again because I feel like defense is still there. They got all their weapons still. Debo stuff, I think, calmed down. So uh, it's pretty – it's looking – you know, the QB situation is always a question mark with the 49ers, you know. Yeah, and look where got him last year. You know, I mean, Jimmy G didn't even perform that well. The team itself carried themselves to the NFC Championship. I'm pretty, in my opinion, you know, the numbers, Jimmy G's numbers weren't that impressive. So <laughs> that's just my opinion. But I agree, they're not right as of right now, not in the bubble. So let's go to the AFC West. This is also, I feel like. This is a lot of attention on the bubble team. Start with the Chiefs. What do you Uh, think? Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are still firmly in the bubble for me. At the end of the day, they still have Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yes, Tyreek Hill will be a big loss, and it'll probably – maybe their offense takes a step back. But the second year for all these guys on the line they brought in should be better. They turned Tyreek into multiple draft picks, so they should be a little deeper. Their receiving core is obviously a lot worse, but, I mean, they still have – Number of weapons, they still have Kelsey. Mahomes is still Mahomes. And they should be have made some improvements on defense. They did lose one of their corners, but they drafted a corner, McDuffie, who I like. So, I mean, yeah, they've got Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're, they could easily – they're still fully in the bubble for me. You're trusting in a lot of young talent uh, and Mahomes. I think at one point, how much can a quarterback can do? This will be a huge season to see how much Mahomes can do. Uh I mean, we've seen him play without Tyreek Hill, I'm pretty sure, and everything. But Travis Kelsey is still there, so they're going to be solid on the offensive end of things. Uh, But I feel like once we talk more of these other AFC West teams, it's just still hard for me to put the Chiefs that high in. But at the same time, I have to – I feel like at the same time when we're talking about a Super Bowl contender, this is where you do have to almost put that emphasis on a quarterback and everything so at this point my back's against the wall a little bit when it comes to this take and as you can kind of tell I'm going to go ahead and go put them in in my bubble as well all right just because like you said it's the elite it's the elite play that we have and when we talk about the Raiders which we are I guess we might as well transition to the Raiders I would have them on the edge because we haven't have we haven't seen Derek Carr prove himself in the playoffs like we have with Patrick Mahomes so that's where I feel like that's another huge factor that's going to come into this like decision, you know? Yeah. So, cause we know the Raiders got weapons, but we also know the chiefs got some weapons. They still got their core of defense, you know, and putting apples to oranges, but Mahomes is going to be the apple that I would always choose over the Derek Carr orange. Yeah. So that's where I, that's where that thought process really comes down to. No, yeah, I agree. Chiefs should be in the bubble with the Rams, maybe closer to the edge, but still inside the party. Um, Yeah, Raiders are on the edge. 
for me. I, I think you can go and put them on the edge, even though they're probably outside, just because they have the fourth best roster in their division, probably, even though their roster is better than the one that made the playoffs last year. And, like, I do think their offense is going to be lethal, but I have questions about the line, which might make it a little bumpier. The defense should be okay, solid, but I just don't feel like they have the roster of those other teams in their division. Um, so I would say they're a fringe team just on the outside. I hope they're in the playoffs, and I think they'll be really good, but, man, that division's brutal. I think they're the one team I have outside the bubble or on the edge. Okay, okay. So that's your first edge team. So I have them on the edge for both of us. So that's our first guaranteed edge team. Right. Um, moving on, we got the Broncos and their newly fine toy, Russell Wilson. Um, in my opinion, it's hard to say to put them as a Super Bowl contender. I have them on the edge as well. I don't think they're guaranteed just because they got Russ. This is still a first year coach. Uh, most of these players haven't had playoff experience. Um, or can stay on the field consistent, consistently. Congrats to Judy, I guess, for – I don't know what that situation is. I actually probably shouldn't have said congrats. But no, I think he, he's, I think he's not going to get anything. Like, yeah, I know he's back on the field. That's all I know. I've seen the Denver posted highlights of Russell Wilson finally throwing ball, a ball to him. So I've noticed it. Um, but anyways, the weapons are there, but they haven't had that playoff experience yet. You know, that's the only thing that's holding me back for putting them into the bubble. Yeah. I would say I would probably have them in, but I'd put them, I'd be fine with putting them on the edge because you're right. It is a lot of newness. And I think it will probably have be bumpy, especially because the AFC is just so brutal. But at the same time, it's a really good roster. It's an insane upgraded quarterback. It's a lot of pressure on Hackett. We'll talk about him more in this next segment we're going to do about pressure. But yeah, I would, I guess I lean towards having them in because there's just, just such a good roster and Russell Wilson, but I'm fine with putting them a little on the edge. I think they're, a more legitimate contender than the Raiders though, to be honest. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Just because I do, we've seen more of Russell Wilson, you know? All right. Uh, last but not least, the Chargers. This one's an interesting one. They got, uh, the defense should speak for itself. This is Harbo time, you know? Um, Super Bowl contender. That's where I'm pausing. Uh, I have to give them, I have to say they might be one of those teams where I'd have to put them on the line, but that defense is really elite, but we haven't seen it play yet. I want to see it come together and play. So I'm going to be a guy to say, show me again. I'm going to get again. like for some of these teams, I need to see it. So right now, and they haven't, the defense hasn't shown me it because they just got some of these pieces, you know, they're elite athletes, JC, Jackson and Khalil Mack, you know, those speak for themselves, just those two names. But I'm going to say they're on the edge, more leaning towards the inside, though. So I do have a little more confidence in Justin Herbert to take that playoff step this year. I'm going to say that the Chargers are fully in the bubble for me. They, oh, okay. They, it's a little less because it's, even though they added people, obviously they added some superstars on defense. Their defense is going to be a lot better. Um, which was, I mean, that was really their problem. They couldn't stop the run at all last year. Their defense was a mess. They have a pass. They should have a better pass rush now with Khalil Mack and Bosa. They got JC Jackson, a corner on the back end. Like that defense should be legit. And the offense was great last year and they improved the bat shaky line a little bit in the draft. Um, second year for Brandon Staley. Hopefully you would think in the second year, he'd be a little smarter with some of his fourth down stuff and have a better feel for the system. And Herbert was amazing as a rookie got and was even better last year. Reason stance. I think he'll take another step this year to me. They're loaded. I can easily see the chargers, even though they haven't had that playoff experience yet. I think that's such a good roster. Herbert is so good and he's only getting better. To me, that's the Super Bowl caliber team. I would not be surprised if the Chargers make the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. So I, they're in my bubble. I'm higher on the Chargers than I like the Raiders. I mean, I love Justin Herbert, man. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I'm just hesitant. You know, I'm just hesitant. I'm like a lot of things. Just when we get to that, we'll get to that one, one, that one man that gives me those hesitant issues. But let's go ahead and trans on over. Move on over to the next one. Let's the go Chargers. to the next right on the edge or almost it, mostly in, but right on the edge. Mostly in, but right on the edge. Here's a little, I know no one can really see it or you might be able to see it. I write in pencil, so it's barely there, but they're like, yeah, right above, that. 
Rams right. keep the only ones firmly in charge. Rams is the most in. That's good. I like that. All right, there you go. All right. So let's go ahead and go to the NFC South. Uh, Saints. Let's go ahead and talk about them. I like I like to talk about to get the get the rubble out the way. Um, probably a little bit on the outside of the bubble right now because we're talking about Jameis Winston and a future playoff run, which <laughs> as electric as that sounds, actually. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be uh, stable and consistent enough yet to, to trust him. Yeah, we talked about the Saints uh, last segment we did on Friday. A little bit about how they are. Uh, it's one of the teams we're the least sure about. They could be – I think they have the pieces all in place to be really good, but at the same time, Jameis coming off an injury. How's he going to be? I could see it kind of unraveling without Sean Payton, too. I could also see him being good. But even if they're good and, like, make the playoffs, I don't think with Jameis, like, and Dennis Allen, I don't see, like, that team. They're not, I don't think, built to make a Super Bowl run compared to some of the other quarterbacks. No disrespect to Jameis, big Jameis fan. Uh, it would be electric, I agree, if he made a playoff run. But I don't see it happening, really. So I'd say they're outside the bubble for me. All right. Next up, we're going to go ahead – probably cross off the Panthers and Falcons. Now, yeah, not the, nowhere near the bubble, really. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> say, no, no bubble expectations or paper expectations for them. Not even and near the line. The Bucks Super Bowl talks for Mr. Tom Brady. Um, I think, yeah, they're real. The Super Bowl talks can be real when we talk about Tom Brady again this year. Uh, simple as that. <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, no, you got it. That was it. That was it. This is hard to argue. No, no, literally. That's no, I was going to say, I don't feel like we need to spend a ton of time on that. I feel like the Bucks and the Rams are clearly, at the moment, the top two front runners in the NFC. And it almost feels like they're at the top and everyone else is kind of trying to break through to see if they can challenge them. But everyone else feels a little bit behind those two. As long as you have Tom Brady, um, I'm sure he'd love to talk about, remember when I retired for a month and then I was like, oh, hey, I won't retire. And then I won my eighth Super Bowl because I'm Tom Brady. I can definitely see that happening. Hopefully I can make like millions of dollars just joshing around on freaking television, calling games better than Tony Romo. Yeah, it gets going to be bad for Tony. <laughs> Tony's got, everyone thinks Tony Romo's a wizard calling these games. Wait till Tom Brady gets out there. He's going to be calling everyone's playbooks. He's going to be like, yeah, they're probably going to run it. And then pass it and then run it again. <laughs> Coordinator's gonna be on the headset, like, hey, we gotta change it. Tom Brady literally just gave our playbook away on television. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like the Bucks, uh, yeah, that's wild. You got that contract. But yeah, the Bucks I, to me are firmly in the uh in the bubble. So our three that are fully in, correct, are Bucks, Chief, Chiefs, Rams. Yep. I have the Chargers in mind personally, but I'm fine with you putting them just yep, in your in your personal bubble. I got the Chargers in there. Okay, so there's yeah. a communal and a personal. Yeah, there's a there's a side there's two side bubbles for us. Don't worry. Okay. I got like the Chargers leading a little bit out on the edge for me, and the Cardinals on the edge for me because those were the two differences. Yeah. And you got the Broncos on your inside your bubble a little bit more. You yeah. Know. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's the NFC South. But yeah. AFC yeah. South. Oh, some real contenders right here. AFC South. Oh yeah. We got I mean, the. I mean, we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Outside. No, we're not. Are we talking about the Titans, Ryan Tannehill possibly, and Derrick Henry? If Derrick Henry probably goes for that a two hundred thousand yard season, I meant two thousand hundred, two thousand yard season, maybe. But outside of that, no. Um, I'll put the Titans just firmly outside my bubble, just because I don't rely on Tannehill and the weapons. Um, Colts. That's probably our biggest Super Bowl talker here out of this division is the Colts besides the Texans. Uh, the Texans, we're going to go ahead and just brush them off. Again, it's got to save paper. Um, but back to the Colts. <sighs> Matt Ryan, can he get back to it? That's the question that we got to ask. Um, Ursay believes that he Matt Ryan can get that next step. Um, he has to be a good play caller. He's going to have better protection. Um but am I going to say Matt Ryan is like Tom Brady and, you know, my homes? Gosh, no. So I'm going to go ahead, probably put him where I, we had the cards, you know, a little bit on the edge, but outside, you know, like they definitely are bubble present, you know, because they're, they're division probably mostly because of the situation, you know, I mean, if Matt Ryan does his play calling, you know, above, above average, you know, and the protection is as good as it is, 
you know, the receivers take the next step up like Paris Campbell, you know, and, and T.Y. just rebuilds his legs for one more year. <laughs> you got yourself and you have a solid kicker in Rodrigo. So I'm, I, he's on my fantasy team ever since he came in and came in the league. So I'm a big fan of Rodrigo. So that's my a little bit of bias, probably putting them just maybe a little bit even on the edge. But I think they are more I think they they do deserve a presence on this bubble. That's fine. I mean, I agree with the, the the Colts probably, I think, have a higher ceiling than the Titans, like you said, if all those receivers do develop. But we talked about the Colts last time as an enigma. I could also easily see the Titans being better. So to me, I don't have anyone in this division in the bubble or even really on the edge. The Colts, Colts are maybe – Colts to me are honestly more in the Saints range even than the Cardinals range because I feel like the Cardinals – even though they have some major questions and the Colts are a lot better in some areas. Like I just feel like Arizona's because of Kyler and the weapons just has a much higher ceiling. I don't think either of them are really there, but so I wouldn't say, yeah, I would put none of the AFC South in the bubble. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Most of the AFC South probably isn't a contender. Um, so let's see, let's go ahead and move to, we've got the West done, the South. Oh, the fun East. Ooh. All right, let's go ahead and talk about that NFC East. Philly, that's the first team that comes to mind when we're talking about Super Bowl contenders. Um, Jalen Hurts, eh, oh, I mean, this is going to be a second time in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? I mean, I know we both have talked about we really like the Eagles, and we picked them, I think, in our schedule predictions to win the East over Dallas. And I do expect the Eagles to improve and to be comfortably in the playoffs. To me, I mean, I could easily see them taking the East from Dallas. Um, but I need to see a big step forward from Jalen Hurts before I see put this team, like, in the Super Bowl bubble. I would put them right on the edge, kind of where we have San Francisco, Arizona, in that range, but not in the bubble. But, man, their roster has improved. Like, they have a really good team. They should take another step forward this year. So I think they'll be comfortable. I think they'll definitely be a playoff team. Um but I don't, I'm not quite ready to put them all the way in the bubble, but right there on the edge. All right. I agree. I think they're an edge team as well because of that question mark over Jalen Hurts. Big prove it year for him as well because, you know, all those draft picks and the draft coming up is going to put – I've heard there's a lot of pressure that the Philly can always just turn around and get the next guy there, you know. Yeah. So how about them Cowboys, Colby? They're outside the bubble for me. Wow. They got work. They're, they lost pieces. Like, they're probably not going to be as good as they were last year, which is the best they've been in years. And they still collapsed in the playoffs. I have really no faith in the Cowboys. I can't see them making a deep playoff run. I think they'll be in the mix in the hunt, maybe in the playoffs, but I can't see them winning more than like one playoff game. And that's even being generous. So they're, they're not in the bubble for me. Yeah, well, we're ta- I agree. When we're talking Super Bowl, it's hard to put Dallas up there, especially with the lack of playoff success that we've seen from them. And they lost, you know, what they've lost. Sorry. Good. Um, sorry, Dallas faithful, but I, I'm with Colby on this one. It's 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 hard it's hard to believe into that and put faith into that when you've lost more than what you've gained, you know. So. Dallas, do you think that you you do think they will win a playoff game or have a chance? I would say. I think they have a chance to make the playoffs and maybe I'm saying they're sealing. The Saints spot. We're thinking Saints probably. Saints spot. Yeah, around there. So not in the bubble for me though. No. Yeah, I agree. Winning a playoff game would be even a surprise at this point. So this is probably a little bit more controversial. The Commanders. Outside. They have a high – they're probably the big bust, high high win, big bust when it comes to the commanders, I feel like, because it's always – Carson Wentz, I feel like it, this could be the year that we might be, like, getting caught the God version of Carson Wentz one last time. Like, he's just going to go off one season, just one season he's going to go off. Everyone's going to stop hating him, and then he's going to flop the next season, in my opinion. But that's, that's it for this Super Bowl proverbial hypothetical Super Bowl run were to happen. Um, that would be Carson Wentz taking that next step, us seeing commander's defense probably stepping up. Do I see all that happening? No. <laughs> so, um, but that's that's just a big hypothetical to get them there. But do they deserve to be in the presence is what I need to ask you. Do you think they deserve to be around the bubble? 
No. 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 They haven't shown anything to where they would be in the bubble, on the edge even. They burned you too much last season, huh? Yeah. And, like, even I feel like their ceiling is, like, surprise, like, wild card team, playoff team, probably still out first round. Like, they're, they're, not, they're not there yet. Maybe if Wentz has a really good year and they get some more pieces around him next year, but I think it's a lot of wishful thinking. So now, and I, I mean, I get, I agree with you that like there is a lot of ceiling there that they could definitely be dangerous and they should be better than they were last year. Um, I definitely agree with you on that, but no, I still don't think they're even ready to be an edge team. Hey, it's, that's just the, the hypothetical talking. Um, all right. Last one. We got three minutes before we get into the part two, okay. um, which would be the AFC East Patriots. What are your thoughts on the Patriots? Well, first you forgot to put the Giants way outside the bubble, but we don't need to talk about them. There's a reason why they didn't talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> There's a- uh, Patriots are outside the bubble for me too. Like we talked about the Patriots on Friday a little bit. I mean, they just got worse when everyone else, there's just too many teams in the AFC that are better than the Patriots. Like there's no way. There, I think Mac Jones is nice, little quarterback. He's fine. Belichick will obviously have them win games, and I'm sure they'll be in the mix just because of that. But no, they're not not in the bubble or even on the oh, end. Right? I was about to say, I feel like the Patriots have the same potential as probably the Saints, Colts, maybe maybe even the Cowboys. I'm questioning maybe the Cowboys, but I'm with you. Saints not a bubble team, not an edge team, probably not even barely even a presence team, you know, they even put on this, you know, barely even the put barely a team they even put on here, in my opinion. But I feel like they do deserve the recognition. Why? Bill Belichick. But I feel like that offense might take a step back this year because they're losing McDaniels. And that's like a security blanket for a young quarterback sometimes. But if Mac Jones, if everyone thinks he could take that next step, he can. But to some more fun news, the Bills. Where do you think the Bills are, Cole? The Bills are firmly in the Super Bowl bubble. I think they're a loaded roster, insane quarterback, great coach. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they've gone all in because they know they're right in the middle of a window and they got to hit it. Um, I mean, I think no one would have been surprised if they made it to and won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they were in that crazy game with the Chiefs. So, yeah, Bills firmly in the bubble for me. Yeah, um, it's hard not to, like, argue for them not to be in the bubble you know it's like what kind of reasons can you come up with to put them outside the bubble and for me it's like nothing i i it's hard like they got the receiving they got the running backs they got josh allen you know they got the big man up up, it's it's hard to even like you know come up with a reason not to uh they just got injured at the wrong time last time you know um yeah i'm with you bill's all the way in that bubble uh Probably the two last fun ones, Jets. No. No? <laughs> Dolphins? No. No. Do you, now, do you think the Dolphins, do you think they can get a playoff run? I think they can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think they can go on a deep run. No. Do you think they can win a game? Maybe. If, if they get very lucky and all bodes well, but I, I doubt it, to be honest. All right. All right, all right. That's not too bad. Not too bad. Crank through uh, on the other meeting. I say yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. Just trying to play. So yeah, we powered through the Easts right there. So we're down to just the AFC and NFC North before we have our complete Super Bowl bubble. Uh, who do you want to talk about first? All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive. We ended with AFC East. We'll go and continue and finish the AFC. So let's go ahead and go into AFC North. Um, we're going to go ahead and take the AFC champions first. Bengals. Um, where do we think the Bengals are going to be this year in the bubble? They're firmly in the bubble for me. They have arguably the best receiving core, and it's star running back, an amazing superstar quarterback, and they fixed their horrible line. Their line should be much better on paper at least. Um, so, I mean, they should be better than the team that made a shocking run to the Super Bowl last year. They're comfortably in the bubble for me right there with the they're right there near the top of the favorites for me with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Rams. Yeah, uh, I, it's uh, it's another one of those teams where it's hard to argue, you know, besides they're just young, you know, uh, they're also one of those teams that are injury ridden. Um, that's probably the main thing that stops me a little bit is how 
but to stop this to debate on persons like injury is weak. So I'm with you. I think Joe Burrow, like you said, they got more pe- they got more pieces to add on. Um, there's no Joe Burrow is not going to take a step down. Like if anything, I expect him to be an MVP this year. That would probably be one of my MVP candidates. Would probably be Joe Burrow. You know, him or Herbo, someone new, not Aaron Rodgers. Please, God. <laughs> but um, I'm with you. Bengals are on the circle already in our bubble. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the Ravens. Ooh. They were missing so many pieces last season. And now Lamar just posted today, 50-yard throwing on his one knee. <laughs> but to a no-name wide receiver once again. So what are we doing about the Ravens and this bubble situation? It's so complicated, I feel like. The Ravens, to me, are on the edge of the bubble uh, because they have a really good defense. They'll probably have, like, the best – they might have the best secondary in the NFL. Their secondary is loaded. Lamar is an amazing MVP quarterback. If he's back healthy, it's going to give them a chance just because he's so dynamic. They'll run the ball. They still have a pretty good line. Um, but there was, they would be in the Super Bowl. Like they were in three before he got hurt. If it wasn't for the receiving core, I'd say they're in the bubble as well. But because I have such major questions about that receiving core and like receiving core has become so important in today's NFL, like I just don't see the Ravens. I don't know if they can overcome that. I think they'll be right there in the playoff hunt. Could easily see them being in the playoffs, winning some games. But um, just because of that receiving core, I'd say they're on the edge, not quite all the way in the bubble. Yeah, they got some beasts this year, you know, uh, in the draft. We all know their secondary is out of this world. Um, I'd say, you know, if, if they're Kyle Hamilton, so close to being a Viking man. We almost had the next hit man. But, uh, yeah, he's going to rock the purple really well. And uh, it's just – it's crazy to just think about because like when we talk about how the importance of a quarterback is, it's like, yeah, we really, Lamar is just so amazing. And we've seen how much he can do without like whatever he can, you know, make whatever he can just happen. But when we're talking about a Super Bowl, you need almost every piece, you know, to be there. You know, we know that their run game is going to be there because he's there to help the run game, but to help him, what's there to help him, you know? And that's what we don't have. We don't have, the receivers to help them that much they have outstanding tight end we already knew that but outside of that you know it's what else so i agree they're more for me they're more of a team that's like the chargers because i do believe in harbaugh and i believe in jackson but the receiving core is a big thing in this nfl the half you know Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I'm very interested to see what the Ravens look like this year. They're one of the more interesting teams to me, even though I obviously hate them because I'm a Steelers fan. I do like Lamar. He's obviously so fun to watch. Um, So, yeah, I I really don't know. The Ravens, I could see them being really good, or I could see it kind of being a mess because of the the lack of a receiving core. But I'd say they're on the edge of the bubble for now. Okay. All right, so let's see. I'm trying to just think without cheating here. We got the rate, we got the Bengals, we got the Ravens, the Browns. Okay. This one question mark. This one's almost like one of our big hypothetical ones again when it comes to the Browns. Uh probably almost as big as the Commanders, you know, is is Deshaun Watson and the Browns gonna play, I guess, enough games to even be able to compete for a Super Bowl, you know? That is the main question that we should be that comes up for me is will they even have to compete? Because we I think they do have the defense and the run game. That's already there. Um, and decent enough of a receiving core, you know. I wouldn't say it's stellar or top five, but it is decent, you know. Um just the whole quarterback thing. So for me, it's like putting I might as well just put them, they they can be around the bubble, but they can't be in it. Yeah. That's my thing. I agree. I have them outside the bubble. Um, Obviously they have a great roster if Deshaun Watson's out there, but that's a huge if. I can't imagine he's not going to get a pretty pretty lengthy suspension. I would not say it's looking too good for him at this point. Added more. Added more. came out. And did you see what his lawyer said the other day? No. His lawyer was on some local radio show 
and was said that like a lot of men have in the audience listening have probably received a happy ending after a massage and that it's not technically illegal. He said, let me see if I can find the exact quote. Oh my goodness. <laughs> not too many favors. That is not going to be great for a Zero. peer opinion. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there was a happy end. All right? Maybe there's nobody in your listening audience that that ever happened to. I do want to point out, if it has happened, it's not a crime. Okay? Unless you are paying somebody extra or so to give you some type of sexual activity, it's not a crime. And so at the end of the day, uh, that's another thing that would affect con doing something or saying something or being a way that makes you uncomfortable is not a crime. And so we get two grand juries find that and nobody seems to want to listen. So yeah, not not great. That's uh, not looking good. Not yeah. Um that's can't put the rounds in the bubble. They should have yeah, that's not so what would you do? All right, what would, all right, let's just I know we're gonna we try to move on, but Baker's still technically there at the Browns facility. Will he play game there? Do we have to start thinking that right now? Will he I end mean, up? Will they just end up just being like, you know what? We do. We blew a lot of smoke at each other this whole last couple months, but I need you. You need me type deal. You know, let's make a Krabby Patty. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield comes out there. Would you put this team closer to the bubble if we knew a consistent Browns with a Baker Mayfield? Closer to the bubble? I mean, yeah, but not in still not in the bubble. Like Baker still not in. I can't trust that Baker's also gonna like if Baker actually did go out there and play just to like up his value. And then uh like if they were like, look, if you play, we'll let you just be a free agent after this year, and then you can just go wherever, wherever you want. Like that'd be very that'd be an insane storyline if Baker ends That's up. That's what I'm saying. That'd be a ball out season, dude. Most of the year, Baker ends up playing. Well, I don't, you know, I don't every time every time he disagrees with us Stefanski, he can just you know do his classic grab his balls you know just start doing all the gestures you know that he used to do oh, you know he does that like that'll decrease his value so if he does it he's gonna have to go out there and like if he wins no that's if he starts winning you know you have to win to be doing all that <laughs> you know you have to be winning if you don't win and do all that then, you know you're just a loser but i think we're just sidetracking now i feel like we already know the answer to this Steelers. Do we want to put them in the super around the Super Bowl bubble? I'm not going to put them in. We're just going to already take that out of question. Do they deserve to be around our Super Bowl bubble? Not really, if we're being honest. I think they'll be in the mix to have a winning season and in the playoffs, but no, they don't. With Mitch and rookie Kenny Pickett, you're not a Super Bowl team. It's fine. It's a build. It's a retool year on offense. It's a year to the defense should be pretty loaded. Got to figure the offense out and see if Kenny Pickett can be the guy. If Kenny ends up being the guy in a year or two, yeah, they should be in the bubble. If not, whatever. It's not great. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. But Do you think you guys have the same chance as the Colts? I mean, I would probably say they have a slightly higher chance just because of Matt Ryan. Like, he, you could see him winning some playoff games, but I don't think it's that different. I think we'll be in the same level as the Colts this year. I feel like you guys are just because I know Matt Ryan's probably, you know, a big key difference there, but you guys do have a better defense in my opinion. And way better weapons. Yeah. I was about to say, if you think, if you consider like other elements outside the quarterback. They have a much better line though. Yeah. (laughs) Our line is still a little shaky. Yeah. A little shaky is a nice way to put it. (laughs) Can you think it's going to be learning the hard way, especially since he's going to be playing against the Ravens. The Browns, Miles Garrett. Oh goodness gracious, he's going to be giving him some troubles. Um, all right, let's go ahead, go to the fun teams in the best division. Not really the best division in the NFL, NFC North. Um, the Bears and Lions. I feel like righteously cannot be in this paper. Hella close. And then now let's go ahead and talk about the Vikings. Um, let's go ahead and rip the Band-Aid. Not in the bubble. Not God. This is where I was saying this is where trust and my hesitant issues come in. Um, Kirk Cousins, man, he's won a playoff game. Yes, 
Um, is it time to cash in? Do we think uh, OC, KOC can do it? I don't know. I don't. I not definitely not for a Super Bowl. You know, I think we're further than the Browns and Cowboys and Saints. Yes. Do I think we're like the Chargers and Ravens? No. And so I. I think you're in that. I'm in a spot where I have to listen to you. Yeah, I agree. I think you're in the outside the bubble, definitely not even on the edge. But you're in that cold Saints Cowboys kind of tier because you do have a still have a really good roster. But there are some holes, and Kirk Cousins, at the end of the day, is not going to ever get you to a Super Bowl. He can barely win games at night, so I don't think he's going to get to the Super Bowl. Can you imagine Kirk Cousins playing in a Super Bowl? Like, can you say it honestly? Dude, his sleep schedule will be well adjusted by then. If you can put it in your head, like, can you honestly imagine Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl? Because I cannot. Um, yeah, I have. you know how many times I've had Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl, Colby, in Madden? <laughs> and this is all Madden difficulty we're talking here, too. This ain't no joke. Like, Kirk Cousins, had, we were throwing precise throws, good play-making decisions. Still didn't win the game. But <laughs> um, so I guess now the real team to talk about out of this division is the Packers. Um Took a, definitely it took a fall. And then when it came to the receiving court, losing Devontae Adams. Um, but you still have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. So, and they already showed signs that they're kind of moving towards the run game more, you know, and their defense, you know, they did lose a couple pieces, but they got some pretty solid pieces. So, Cole, I think they're not in the bubble, but they definitely deserve to be in that, like where we put the Chargers and Ravens. That's my opinion. I agree. They're on the edge for me just because the receiving receiver room is bad. Like that's one of the worst groups of weapons in the league. But like you said, they have Rogers. He'll probably figure it out. He usually does. Uh, defense should be just as good, if not better. So I think they'll still, but I don't think they're as good as they were last year and they still couldn't win in the playoffs last year. So, I mean, yeah, I think they're like on the edge of the bubble. Like I think they will be in the playoffs for sure. Could win some playoff games. They could maybe make a run but they feel like a long shot to me. So I'd say they're on the edge of the bubble. Okay. There you go. Well, there you go, folks. That's our uh, Super Bowl bubble. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and give you a quick recap of it. So teams that we got outside the bubble, uh, we got Colts, Saints, Cowboys, Browns, and then I, the next group is going to be Vikings, Cards, Eagles, and then the next group. Well, do you want to put the Niners with the Eagles? That was my second question. Yeah. I yeah. See. All right. So Niners, boom, and Niners. Then the next group would be the Chargers, Ravens, Broncos, Raiders, Packers. Oh, wait, I already said Raiders, Packers. No, I said Ravens. Anyways, Packers. And then inside, guaranteed, we think our guaranteed more stable Super Bowl picks would be the Rams, Chiefs, Bucks, and Bills. Yeah, I think that's yeah. accurate. I, I feel like those are the teams that legitimately should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Anyone else, I'd be kind of surprised. I mean, I could see the Broncos obviously working their way into that. But, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that Super Bowl bubble. I think we did a pretty good job with that. All right. And now we got your little segment piece that you came up with. And it's going to be the NFL I guess we're going to call it the blamo, blamo counter, or I guess the pressure meter. I don't know. Title, like always working, just like the show title. Um, so, Colby, you want to give us a little bit more of a de description of this uh, whole blame pressure game that we're about to be going into? Yeah, so basically we're just going to run through a couple teams here that for one reason or the other, I feel like, have like a decent amount of pressure on them. Um, there are some situations where either – they're obviously like, we know what they are, so I'm not going to bring them up. So we're just going to go through some teams, kind of just some teams where I feel like someone's under pressure, and we're going to say who has more pressure on them, the coach or the QB, who will get like the more blame and could be in danger of losing their jobs if, if uh, things go poorly. So I want to start in New York because it's a Broadway town. We're only going to talk about one of the New York teams, so at least one team that I have to the list, and that's the Jets. So no. second year of Zach Wilson and Robert Sala, um, it was a rough first year. I mean, just it was really bad. But Wilson showed some signs of improvement down the year, down late in the year. They feel like they had a really good draft, and the roster should be better. Year two for the coach, year two for the quarterback should be improved 
Not sure exactly what the best case scenario is for them, but who's under more pressure to prove it in year two, Zach Wilson to prove he's the guy or Robert Sala to prove he's the coach. Um, I'm going with Zach Wilson. Uh, Cause I think just looking around at the Jets organization since Sala came in, well, probably even since they got the new GM, they've been taking a lot of good steps just in the front office. You know, they've been making good moves in the draft. They've been building around Zach Wilson pretty well. So I'd say I'm leading more towards Zach Wilson needing to take that second step. I mean, give him, give him credit and give him the, you know, some space because he did get hurt last year. But when he was hurt, we saw Mike White work with that Jets offense, you know, I mean, he won only one game out of, I think the three, but it was still an electric game. And whenever he played, it was an electric atmosphere, but um, yeah, my, my thoughts are going to be on uh, Zach Wilson. That's fair. I actually disagree with you. I'm going to say there's more pressure on Sala just because I feel like Zach Wilson, I mean, he's the number two pick. Yeah. If he has a bad year next year, it's not great, but, and there'll be an insane amount of pressure on him year three. I think they'll at least give him two full years. I think they would at least give him a third year uh, because he was the number two pick, but yeah, I'm going to say more pressures on Salah because I didn't feel like he looked like, like great. Like, for instance, like Detroit, like they were horrible, like the Jets, but they felt like they had a lot more buy-in to Dan Campbell uh, than it felt like the Jets had to Salah. I, I mean, I still think Salah, maybe second year he'll be better. Maybe he is a good coach. He's supposed to be a defensive coach. Their defense was awful. They improved personnel. It should be better. They still have a bad roster compared to what's around them in the AFC. I think I need to see like more buy-in and more stuff from Salah, especially being a defensive coach in an offensive league. That's going to be naturally more pressure. And with all the coaches around him um, in the AFC, like I'm going to say there's more pressure on Salah, I think, just because I felt like, I feel like Zach Wilson, he's just so physically gifted. He's the number two pick. Like Salah, if it goes horribly again, two really bad years, they could bail on him quick. Yeah, New York has a tendency to just be a rotating door, both organizations, you know, when it comes to just coaching. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Jets, that will certainly be interesting to see what plays out. A little bit of disagreement there. But, uh, oh, yo, how, I know we're doing uh, this game, but how about some uh, some big news? That oh. It's on Twitter from two hours ago, actually, so not even new. But Quinn Snyder is planning to set down, is planning to step down. Dude, I was just playing them in 2K. I was thinking, it's, it, I was literally just thinking, I wonder if Quinn Snyder is going to step down. I was literally just thinking that, if he was going to quit. Because it was, it was literally, you know how in 2K they like have the coach giving the speech and everything? And I was thinking to myself, how many times has this man given that same speech to the Jazz and they have gotten <laughs> nowhere? Like, literally, that's what I was thinking. Like, he must be getting tired of saying that speech. I'm glad he, ste- he chose to step down, though. I think... Uh, you know, that that just tells you, though, that Utah's definitely going to go through that transaction, that transition now. So it's going to be interesting to see where uh, one of those two star players are going, you well, know. I say that. Woj also has a story 20 minutes ago. In the aftermath of Quinn Snyder's departure, all-star guard Donovan Mitchell is described as unsettled, unnerved, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future. So I could definitely see Mitchell trying to be like, just get me out of here. They need to blow this up. Which so he doesn't want to stay. He probably doesn't want to be. Wow. I mean, that's that not, would, it's not like he asked to get out, but he's unhappy. I, I I don't know if I would be. I don't know if um, gee, if I'm jazz, I'm pretty upset about that, you know, because I would like I like we talked a little bit before. I would be the one to hope that Mitchell would stay and we get rid of Gobert, but. Mm-hmm. I think it looks like it looks I, like you're going to be stuck with Gobert. No, <laughs> like, if I'm getting rid of Mitchell, get rid of Gobert too. Just rip off the bandaid and fully blow it up at that point. Because Gobert is what he is. Like he's a foreign player, dude. Why would you do that? Remember, foreign players stay till the till the end. Yeah, but would you, not, if Jokic started stinking the bed, would you want him to go go away? That's different. That's no, different. no. Gobert is like a multiple time defensive player of the year. Gobert is never going to be like Gobert is what he is, though. Jokic is an MVP, top five player in the caliber of player in the league. Gobert is nowhere near that. Colby, how many, uh, Colby, I hate to do this to you. How many finals appearances has this MVP has? 
He's been to the Western Conference Finals. Oh, Western Conference okay, Finals. No, but no. The players are completely different. Like, Jokic carries a team on his – you think if Rudy Gobert played with the team that Jokic played with this year, he would have made the playoffs? I can guarantee you he would not come <laughs> anywhere close. He scores like 11 – he doesn't even score. Jokic, he doesn't. That's why I said defensive player of the year. Right there. But I'm saying, like, I'm just saying, <laughs> Gobert can't, like, you can't build, like, a, a championship team around him. Like, if Mitchell's gone, like, you might as well just trade Gobert for young people and draft picks and fully tank and commit to the rebuild. Like, there's no I point agree. in keeping Rudy Gobert if you have to get rid of Mitchell. I agree. And don't get me wrong. I agree. Just rip it all off. But I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Gobert still, it's still like defensive presently wise. We're talking about one of the top defenders in the league, you know, like you can't dismiss that when we're talking about Rudy Gobert. Yeah. He is one of the top defenders. No, I agree with you on that for sure. But I'm just saying. And some team's going to value that really highly. Yeah. A team that maybe is kind of lackadaisical on defense. Maybe a team that could use somebody that needs defense so they don't have to do it for them on the inside. The team that we both despise. Just think about it. Just think about it and hate it. They can't do it. That's the best part about it. The Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers, they can't do it just because they have no trick. I just thought about it. They can't do it. They can't do it, though. They can't do it. It's just a team. Yeah, they have no assets. Unless they give up. Oh, my God. If they give up Russell Westbrook to the Utah Jazz. The wild guys do that though. They can they know, funny. That'd be that'd be just a giant middle finger to Russell, bro. At that point, because like, yo, the Jazz blow up, and they're like, yeah, we'll take Russ. Why not? <laughs> like, why not? Just give us Russ. <laughs> that'd be. So would not work on the Lakers anyway, though. I don't think. Not with AD, because like AD's basically a center. I mean, why not have AD some help? You think Rudy Gobert wouldn't sit on the bench for a ring, bro? I mean, he would be out there. He would have to be out there. If exactly. Like, He'll be getting some good minutes. He'll be out there for a ring. I don't think if you put Rudy Gobert on the Lakers, I still don't think they'll win a ring. I think you're just too offensive-centric, man. If anything, the Celtics should have shown you to start caring about defense a little yeah, bit the Celtics more. Celtics also have good offensive players. All right. We've <laughs> kind of driven away from this breaking news. Um, what are we going back? So what's the next team on this blame meter yeah, that's all right. I, I'm always glad to talk about the Jazz. NBA offseason, we'll have a lot to talk about in the next month. Yeah. After the finals. Uh, yeah, so the next team I'll say, and this is actually – this one might be a quick one, but we'll talk, let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, the two first-year Russell Wilson, first-year Nathaniel Hackett as head coach. I feel like I know what we'll probably both say on this one, but now there's going to be a lot of pressure on both these guys after the Broncos make this big move. They got this great team around them. Uh, so who would you say has more pressure on them going forward, Hackett or Wilson? Um, I feel like there's going to be probably more pressure on Wilson. Um, Hackett, you know, he's the coach, first-year coach, you know. Uh, he has to get the system made. You, you're putting expectations for a coach to make a, a Super Bowl system, or as everyone has Super Bowl expectations for this team. So you're pretty much expecting a coach to come from a team that he never had Super Bowl experience with to come up with a Super Bowl formula with a, I mean, given, you know, you're going to have Russ there, you know? So I really think that that's the thing. Like your coach is coming up with all this system making Russ is going to have to be the guy to step up. You know, the Broncos have all these weapons, the Broncos have all this and that, you know? So pointing my blame to, to Russ on this first year in. You're muted again, buddy. Yeah, I know. I disagree with you on that. Um, just because I feel like Russ is going to have so much cloud and equity coming in that, like, and I feel like he'll probably be very good. Like, but Hackett, like, no one knows if he can coach. And, like, if he doesn't, like, have success immediately, like, because of all the pieces they have around him and because, unless Russ just goes out there and stinks and, like, falls off a cliff, but I don't think that will happen. So, like, with everything around him, like, I just feel like Hackett has everything in place, like a Super Bowl team. And if he can't get it together and he kind of struggles, like, he could – things could go downhill for him quick and they could run him out of town. But who has the Super Bowl experience as the t- of the two, Hackett or Russ? Russ, which is I feel like – Exactly. That's why there should be more pressure on Russell Wilson. I mean, yes, Hackett is the coach. He has to come up with the system. 
But Russ is the man that's still going to be playing out there. Russ is the one that wanted to get out of Seattle. Russ was the one that did all that. Hackett didn't didn't force his way out. Hackett was the one that got offered this job and took it. You know, that's he was fair. given he was given this shiny piece of to- he was given all these shiny toys. I understand why you're like, yeah, you're given all these toys. Now use them right. You know, but this is his first time using these toys. You know, what was the last toy he had it was Aaron Rodgers. And guess where they got? not to a super bowl not to, so that's just that that's just where my thought process came in no that's fair and russ does have a lot of pressure on him so i think that's that's very fair that's a good one um all right let me think of some more teams here i feel like there are a lot that's kind of obvious um like i was going to say the eagles but i think we would probably both agree there's a lot more pressure on jalen hurts than sirianni in that situation especially because they have two first-round picks. Would you say that's fair? Uh, we're talking about the Eagles, Hurt, Sirianni, or Hurts. Yeah, it's uh, not looking too good for Hurts right now, you know? Uh, pressure-wise, all the pressure is leaning towards him. Yeah, I, I just feel like with every everything's in place there. But I do feel like he had a good year last year. He could definitely take a big step forward. Um, yeah, I'm not too worried about how he'll turn out. Another situation where the pressure is like, okay, here's a fun one. We just talked about this team uh, last time we did an episode. So let's talk about them again here because I think it's interesting. How about the commanders? Who has more pressure on them, Wentz or Ron Rivera? Because it is now year three of Ron Rivera in Washington. The first mm-hmm. year was hooray, hooray, they made the playoffs. And I do feel like he's the best coach they've had in a while. But they were bad last year. It's another fun of a year. Um, I mean, who knows? And Wentz is – they traded for him probably while well a short leash if he's really bad. Um, they did draft Sam Howell in the fifth round for what that's worth. But, yeah, we only have 10 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, let, let's kind of finish up uh, with them on the – here, let's get it. Let's hear what you think. Um, just so you know, I actually got a couple teams that I jotted down because uh, this okay. actually got me going. Um, if that's cool with you, but when I'm thinking about the commanders though, right now, uh, pressure was, like you said, Ron Rivera third year in, but right now, if the one thing they need right now is stability in that front office, oh my goodness, if Ron Rivera, if anything, if Ron Rivera was released, it'd be a godsend for him because he just got sent away from all that drama, you know, um, so I I have to put the pressure again. I understand. I feel like they would keep Ron Rivera if things were to go south, just because I feel like he's a locker room guy. He's probably like one of the few positive aspects that that organization has, you know, like that's one of the few positive identities. Like the only way they fire, they lose Ron Rivera is if he walks out himself, you know, and I, I see that happening more of a chance than them firing him personally is him just, just being like, you know what? My contract ended. I'm not resigning. I'm out of here. Like, get me the hell out of here. Like, I've done my part. I've played it all the way through. I'm not, I'm not coming back. I, I can see that happening more than Carson Wentz sticking around. Cause like you said, they did draft Sam Howe. Washington, I'm get, I guess have their next pick next year. Anyways, they'll always be in the talks. Washington will probably be back in the talks for a quarterback. Anyways, if Carson Wentz falls flat, even though, I was talking about not too long ago how he could have this, you know, godlike season. But now we're talking about what if he doesn't, you know? So if he doesn't have this godlike season, where would it fall on? I'm leaning towards him, you know? I'm going to be leaning towards him because I feel like Ron Rivera has built the culture there. Yeah, I agree with you on that completely, especially I think what you said, like Ron Rivera, even though they did have a bad year last year, probably has a longer leash just because – it would honestly just be bad press for them to fire him because you said he has, he's like the most well-respected, really the only well-respected person in that organization with a lot of power. Um, and like, he has built somewhat of a culture. He has a, like, it's much more pressure on Wentz because Wentz has pieces around him and they do have potential to be good if Wentz plays well. So I agree with you on that. Um, real quick, as we finish up here, who, who are your teams that you want to run through here? Um, I know you didn't want to go ahead and talk about the other New York team, but I think we still have to address it. I think you just, I think it's because you're more towards Dayball. Do you think Dayball is just going to have that security if Daniel Jones doesn't fall flat? Is that why? 
Yeah, it's I just to me it's all on Daniel Jones there. They already declined his option. So like if he's bad, okay. I'm gonna move on. Okay. What are you gonna be your thoughts down Carolina? I feel like that's a good one. That Sam is- Darnold and uh Matt Rule. Ooh, that's very- yeah, yeah. See, there's a couple yeah, out there that we missed. Like they are both under so much. They're both screwed. Yeah. Right now they are both screwed. <laughs> like- the thing is, I I feel like I wanna say Darnold, but like I feel like Darnold has already like they've already moved on from him like yeah. like they already did draft Matt Corral in the third round they traded back into the third round when Corral fell all the way there so mm-hmm. like I mean okay. if Sam Darnold stinks he, he might lose his job like by the end of the year Matt Rule if they're bad again he did have that long contract which is going to look real bad if they fire him after three bad years they gave him all that money so because of that I guess I'll say Darnold but there's also an insane amount of pressure on Rule and, and now I think this one's – now this next one is probably more of a heartbreaker to deal with, but also more realistic probably if you come to terms, depending on how you look at it. Okay. The Lions. Ooh. The Lions stink the bed another year with HBO hard knocks on them. Do you think it's time for both of those guys are going to be out the door, Jared Goff and Dan Campbell, or is it just going to be one or the other? I feel like more pressure there is on Goff. Because really? I feel, like, I feel like they know, like, so you got to think, like, Brad Holmes, the GM, like, his first year, like, they cleaned house, like, last offseason. Yeah. It was, like, all new starting. So, Campbell was, like, that was their guy they they chose to start their rebuild with. They knew they were inheriting a mess. They're, like, it's going to be a rebuild. That's why they traded Stafford. They were just, like, rip off the Band-Aid, like, complete rebuild. So, I feel like because of that, they just wanted Campbell to come in and set a culture, and he's done that. And I feel like, to be honest, it's golf because golf, I feel like, was always viewed as a placeholder. Like, I don't necessarily they, – like, they probably got golf in that trade, and they're like, yeah, like, if there's stuff around him, he could be good, and, like, he's fine for, like, a couple years while we retool our roster. But as the roster improves and with a better QB draft coming up this next year, um, I think there's a ton of pressure on golf if he has a bad year. If the lines are really bad, I think golf will get bite the bullet before Campbell. Okay, okay. You disagree? Uh, I a little bit, yes, actually. Uh, Dan Campbell, I feel like if Dan Campbell ends up getting another low season win total, that's sadly Lions tradition. There's no excuses again. Like, yes, you have all the elite press conferences, you have a good personality, but yeah. it's not showing up. You know, if it doesn't show up, it doesn't show up. You know, so I mean, the players can love you and all that, but if you're still only getting two, three wins a season, it's not going to mean Jack, you know? Uh, I mean, you look at Zach Taylor, though. Once they got the right guy, goes the Bengals, you know? (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, at the same time, it's whether or not the lines are patient, you know? And I... I don't think they are, but like you said, you said that they they might be this time around, you know, and that Jared, I do agree that Jared Goff is the placeholder. That's why I believe, that's why my take was, do you think both of them would be out the door or is it going to be one in the other? It was horribly bad. I mean, I could see them both eventually being out the door, but I feel like Goff will go first. Okay. Um. All right. So we got three minutes. So I guess I'm going to just try and shoot the shot for this one. Also, um, quick look at this. Can you read when, that? Oof. <laughs> That's bad. All right. Yep. All right. Real through. Speed round. All right. So we're going to do the shoot shot one where I'm just going to pretty much fire off and see what we think here. Okay. Seattle, Pete Carroll, and Drew Locke, pretty much both on their final stands. Which I, one do you think's going? Do you think, which one do you think means the most for them, pressure wise, you know? I mean, I'll say Pete Carroll just because Drew Locke, they already know they're just going to have him suck for a year and then draft someone. <laughs> so I don't even, like, Drew Locke is a literal placeholder, I feel like. Dang, I see. I'm on the other side of it. I'm over here thinking Pete Carroll's already proved himself. Drew Locke needs to get out there and prove himself. Like, he, he, he got booted for he got booted from the for the from the Broncos. He's got his boy Noah Fant with him. They and he's got DK Metcalf. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but that man needs to put up some numbers next season. Like I need to see some pro, some productivity. Show me that you sh- you should deserve to still be in this league. You know, that's true. All right, that's fair. All right, all right let's see. Um, <sighs> let's see i'm trying to think of another good one i want to say cowboys honestly Dak oh. prescott or mike mccarthy but at this i mean They're black kirk cousins or mike mccarthy <laughs> mike McC- <laughs> that's what- but i'm gonna say mike mccarthy just because Dak already got his money 
Yeah, I was about to say, I think Jerry Jones is too stubborn to move off. Uh, Oh, Arizona. There we go. Cliff Kingsbury or Kyler. This is a good one. That is a good one. Wow. I mean, prior to this offseason, I would have definitely said Cliff. But they just signed. He just got an extension. And Kyler hasn't gotten his extension yet. Yeah. So, I still want to say Cliff because I feel like Kyler is very clearly, like, on the field. Not the problem. Like they're not yeah. going to go off Kyler Murray at the same time. So I'll I'll still say Cliff, even though he got an extension. But it is wild that it does give me pause that he got paid before Kyler. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that actually. That's a big factor. Wow. Um, I, I if I didn't even think of that, I probably wouldn't even have said the Cardinals. But uh, <laughs> I mean, just perspectively thinking, let's just say that do come in somehow do worse than the Seattle Seahawks. Or just, you know, fall apart in November. Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy to think about. But, like, do their fall, use normal thing, fall apart in November. Whose blame would that go on? Would that be on Cliff or Kyler? Because that's both – ever since – they both showed up there at the same time. Yeah. So, it's like – it's hard to move off of one or the other. Cliff, we already know Cliff is this offensive mastermind. Allegedly. You know, and we haven't heard too much of a negative thing about Cliff, but we've heard – some pretty downside things with Kyler. So you say Cliff, I'm going to go ahead and say Kyler just because the Cardinals already got, you know, some little drawback on them, you know? Yeah, that's fair. All right. That's, that's it for us right here today. We grinded it out, finished it up. That was fun. Sorry. I got to get rolling here, but always good to to knock out an episode. Uh, Definitely shoot for one next week. Yes, sir. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime. Yep, you too, man. Good seeing you, Jalen. Always fun. Always, man. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. For more content, check out the website or follow us on Spotify or other social platforms for more quote-unquote unbiased takes.